and welcome to Ion Oakland. I'm Chuck Moss, your host, and we're coming to you through the magic of StreamYard. We have a great guest today. We're going to talk with State Representative Tom Kuhn. I served with Representative Kuhn at the county board. He was a sort of the king of appropriations. He's a guy who asks the hard questions and the detailed questions. So uh, we're going to have him uh, get some, get some, hopefully, some good detailed answers on what's going on up in Lansing. Welcome to the show, Representative. Uh, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate the invitation to talk with you and to all the people who listen to your show. Well, you know, uh, well, that, that uh, you're getting used to being called representative yet? No. <laughs> you know, I, I got used to the titles. It was when they started calling me the Honorable Chuck Moss. I'd say, wait a minute. You know, I'm, but uh, it's like the Honorable Dave Barry, but you know, it works out. I notice all the uh, books behind you. Uh, you are an attorney. Uh, uh, that must be helpful for you up uh, dealing with legislation. Well, yes, Chuck, it would be helpful, but um, it's more frustrating seeing how some of these laws are made. Well, you're there uh, four months now, so you're no longer a newbie. You know, you know where the bathrooms are. You know the squash soup at Tropos. So uh, you're you're not just uh, you know the fresh fish here. Um, what's it been like? Uh, shocking, shocking lack of transparency, shocking lack of openness. I know you served a long time at the local and county level. I served 28 years at the local level. Everything we did was open and transparent. We'd have, yeah, cities have 10 millions of, in budget. Counties have 100 millions in budget. The state has tens of billions, that's B, tens of billions in their budget, and nothing is open, nothing is transparent, and it's not right. Well, I know that uh, tens of billions, of course, uh, as I, as I recall, the discretionary part of the budget uh, was, was, wasn't even that big. It was like, what, about $9 billion. Maybe it's more. But that's enough. Uh, so uh, aside now, before we get into the sort of political and the um, procedural stuff, what's it actually like? You, you walk up to the Capitol, that big building, and you can say, I work here. You work, walk onto the floor. It was always the coolest thing. How is that? I mean, does that, that was always special to me. Yeah, honestly, Chuck, it, it's special uh, that I get to sit there in the House of Representatives representing the citizens of my district. And it's also special that I have some really wonderful and intelligent and conscientious representatives sitting on each side of me. I have Mark Tisdale from Rochester and Rochester Hills on one side and Donnie Steele from uh, Bloomfield Township, Bloomfield Hills and Orion on the other side. So, yeah, it's a great honor. And it's a great privilege to be working with uh, my colleagues up there. Yeah, Donnie's a good one. So she, you actually sit next to uh, next to those guys. They're your seatmates. That's good. Um, I, I gotta say though, uh, you know, you have a. I, I saw. Uh, do you have a district office? You know, Chuck, they do not allow districts offices in the in the House of Representatives. So my office is up there in Lansing, right across from the Capitol. I didn't. Uh, I never got a district office. They never get that to me. I would meet at Leo's Coney Island, well, you know, like like uh, every other Friday, which was uh, not bad because the food would be better at any kind of office I had. Uh, so, which your your district fifty seven? Um, I remember that Troy. I remember when Troy used to be forty one, and that was down, of course, uh, you know, on the fifth floor, whatever. I have a question for you now. Uh, what committees are you on? Uh, Chuck, I'm on appropriations and I'm on uh, 
two different subcommittees or three different subcommittees of appropriations. I'm on higher education and community colleges uh, where I'm the minority vice chair. I'm on health and human services of 33 billion as in B uh, dollar budget, uh, that subcommittee and general government, which includes the secretary of state, the attorney general and, and treasury, other, other parts. So three uh, subcommittees. Well, general government is fun. HHS is one of the biggies. And of course, higher ed is, is one of the biggies as well. I, uh, st uh, so onto appropriations, those are, those are some good assignments uh, for, a, for a fresh person, freshman. Let's uh, say, so what are the biggest, biggest issues you're grappling with right now? Well, you know, again, Chuck, I've, I've indicated that there's a serious problem with transparency and uh, we've, uh, me and a and colleagues up there have introduced bills to increase uh, openness and transparency in this uh, in the legislative process. Uh, to me, that is number one. You cannot have responsible government if you have no openness and no transparency and everything is done in secret meetings. It's not right. And so we have a series of bills um, uh, that will increase the uh, openness in regards to the Freedom of Information Act and uh, including the governor and including the legislature and, and all these open uh, records acts. Uh, to me, that's, that's, that's ground one, ground zero. And on top of that, uh, Senator Jim Rundstedt introduced the bill to have this whole appropriations process uh, made more transparent. I have the exact same bill, which I've introduced in the House and so, yes, there are substantive things, but procedurally, it's important for us to get back to open, transparent government. So what does uh, what does your bill your bill do? I mean, as far as putting making budgets more open and transparent, in what well, way are they not open now? Well, you know, <laughs> you have the last uh, budget session and, uh, you know, the Detroit News just know uh, did an article, what, nine months after this bill was passed, they realized that the governor had put in there a $20 million uh, uh, allocation to one of her, you know, the top Democratic Party officials who didn't even have an ongoing business at the time. Okay, nine months later. Okay, so the bill that I have introduced, and it's the same as uh, Senator Rundstedt's, it requires that all these bills anything that's a special appropriation has to give it be given public notice 48 hours ahead of time specific identification of who is introducing it why it's introduced community support and um and make sure that the public have access to that good stuff it sounds to me like a no-brainer that's what you would do at any city council or, or county uh sounds sounds like a no-brainer to me uh it's not being supported by the other side. Oh, you know, you know, I sincerely doubt we will even get a hearing on this bill. But again, it's important for us to bring them forth because this is what we should be doing.
Well, you know, you've got to remember it's the people's money. It's it's not the legislature's money. It's uh, so what uh, if you talk to any uh, I would think that even even the reliably, you know, Democratic Detroit Free Press have always been uh, for more openness and transparency so they can learn stuff. Uh, have you talked to anybody from their editorial page or uh, I think that that might be a good uh, good opening. Uh, Say so you guys at least should know about it, don't you think? Well, yes. And, you know, the Detroit News has run a series of articles about last year's appropriations process and budget. And they, you know, after nine months, they finally got news that uh, the governor had given this $20 million to one of her top Democratic uh, associates for something that didn't exist. So, yes, I, and it's been in the news. And Senator Runstead just did an op-ed in the news on this bill, I think, in the last couple of weeks. Well, I know that the uh, uh, being a minority, and I've I've been there, I've done that, and they will do is you know, they'll just bring stuff up at the last minute, and you know here it is, vote on it or not. It it'll help children. You know, do you want to be uh, standing in the way of helping children? And of course, my rule was: look, if I haven't had time to read it, I'm going to vote no. I don't care what it is. And uh, you know, we would uh, we would do that. We would. I got to be very adept at tap dancing and making weird speeches about dogs and stuff to kind of buy us time so that we could actually read through it and get an idea whether it was a yes or a no. So that, that's, you know, that's kind of cheap crap. But how does the, um, yeah, the people should know what their money is being used for? Yeah, I mean, this is just basic government. You and I know that. Um, we've had a bunch of, <laughs> we had one last week where uh you know, the Democrats came into the House and said, uh, here's a resolution. We're voting on it on a roll call vote. And no one had ever seen this resolution. No one had ever read this resolution. And uh, at least no one on our side and certainly not me and certainly none of my colleagues. Uh, and they are insisting on having a roll call vote. So, you know, hey, we just walked out. That's a, that's an easy one, you know. It's a I there was a state representative up around uh, Rochester Hills by the name of John Garfield. And I remember coming in one of we used to have these night sessions. They would start like you know at six and they might go until five in the morning. And him walking in say, "Take out my green button, boys. It's going to be a red night tonight," which means he's going to be voting no because we hadn't seen any of this stuff. You know, you can't go can't go wrong explaining that. Look, you know, I'm not going to vote yes on anything I haven't had a chance to read. Uh, so, uh, is there any uh, movement on some of the the promises of like, they said they would make it more transparent and more open? Uh, nothing. Nothing so far. Nothing so far. Are they showing the um, financial impact? You know, of some of like if say we're going to just say we're going to pass a twenty million dollar bill to give every dog a collar. All right. That's nice. You know, free dog, free collars for dogs. Uh, what's that going to cost in terms of the next three years of the budgetary impact? Did they do any of that? Well, you know, Chuck, um, HHS is a huge budget, $33 billion. And yeah, I got a notice from the chair saying, hey, we're going to do everything in secret. We're not going to have a quorum. We don't need you here for this meeting. And uh, so, yeah, it apparently... Sometime before this comes before our subcommittee, I will be given a $33 billion budget. And I don't know what's in it right now because. Well, no, it's not meetings. Uh, did they, uh, you know, so 33 billion, that's, that's one of the, uh, like I said, health and human services is one of the biggies. Uh, I would say these would be big four, four and a half for like 
the big ones, but, uh, you know, school aid and all. So are you, um, you know, you can just vote no on it. And then they say, well, you're just, you're just a naysayer, but you say, look, if I can't read it, I'm not going to vote yes on it. Uh, you got good staff though. I hope it, you, however, I mean, we were under, we were understaffed, but we had a lot of really good people. One of them was Chris Harkins who's now state budget director. He's a good guy. Yeah. Again, we have, have staff, but you know, you get a $33 billion budget a day ahead of time. Uh, really? Who's going to have time to go through all that stuff? You know, Chuck, how many, how many, it's like hundreds of pages a boilerplate on these uh, appropriations uh, for these, you know, for HHS and all these other budgets. It's it's not something you can go over in tw 24 hours and, and really do a thorough job analyzing it and looking at all the uh, options. Well, no. And of course, that's that's the point. You know, I did just want to ram it through. Now, uh, are there any, you know, uh, I was going to say, uh, I would, I would be talking at least to some of the, you know, like the free, I mean, the news, I know, you know, the news, yeah, they're going to be, at least their editorial page is fairly reliable on that stuff. But uh, uh, let's just take a quick, we're going to just uh, about 30 seconds, uh, where I'm going to go from the you know, sublime to the ridiculous, where are you sitting? Where's your desk? My desk is right on the front row. Mark Tisdale is desk one. I am desk two. Donnie Steele is desk three. So we sit right in the front, uh, right next to the press at the uh, front of the House of Representatives. So when they do the state of the state, you can't like make, make faces and stuff. Like I, I was back about three rows, so I could do that. Well, it's an amazing thing. And we're going to be talking in the next uh, segment, but we'll be taking a break here. Talking to Representative Tom Kuhn, state representative from District 57, which is Troy, and you can fill us in on some of the other communities. I'm Chuck Moss. Don't go away. We'll be right back here on Ion Oakland. back Diane Oakland. We're talking with State Representative Tom Kuhn, District 57, which is Troy. Uh, what other communities, Representative? Yes, um, I represent a precinct in Madison Heights, and I represent half of Sterling Heights. So you go over to Quinder, you get into Macomb. Yes, go over to Van Dyke, actually. From We have a half of the city of Sterling Heights, a great community. I, You know, I like all my communities, they're very diverse. You have to believe there's like 60, 70% first generation Americans in my district. We have a, a, a community that's dedicated to the opportunities and freedoms of our country. And and uh, and, and I love the, the people that we have in our district. That's a great district too. And uh, yeah, a lot of new Americans, it's fabulous. Well, when we were out on the break, uh, we're talking about one of the um, responsibilities of the committee that you oversee is mental health. And you were talking about that. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Sure, thank you. Um, you know, it's interesting. We had a, <laughs> you know, this is Lansing and it is Lansing. Uh, we were having a hearing and they, uh, and the chair allowed five minutes for the Mental Health Association of Michigan 
and uh, Judge Milton Mack to come up and talk about some very, very serious problems in the area of mental health that needed funding. They gave him five minutes and no questions. Uh, obviously, I followed up on it. And, you know, what they wanted was something that's very, very basic. We need to have an early way to get people help. There's a serious mental health problem in our country and in our states and all our communities. We need to be able to intervene early. And what they had is a program called Assisted Outpatient Treatment. It's been on the books. It's been on the books since 2005. It was improved in 2018. And, and, uh, and it's a great program. It allows a probate court upon petition early on without somebody going out and shooting someone or killing someone or, or, or having a mental breakdown early on to get mental health through the probate court system. Uh, yeah, they came in and they said, well, we need $12 million, 12 million. Okay. 12 million is 8 million less than they gave the governor's buddy uh, for a non-existent business. But you know, 12 million to help implement this very, very beneficial program. They've, they've gotten grants, outside grants, not state grants. Hey, heavens no, the Mental Health Association doesn't contribute heavily in campaigns. So I guess they're not important in the Lansing. Uh, to me, they are, but apparently not to, to certain others. But in any case, uh, they got grants from outside of government to implement this full blast in Genesee and Calhoun County, and it's been incredibly effective. It, it helps people who have mental crisis early on. It allows them to, uh, someone to go through the courts, the probate courts, have them put on a plan of treatment outside uh, outpatient assisted treatment. And it's been incredibly successful where it's been implemented. Uh, the, um, the Mental Health Association and Judge Mack came in and said, we need $12 million to make sure that this is implemented everywhere in this state. It's a very small ask for something that's a huge, huge problem. Huge problem. And we need to address it. And not, you know, the way to address it is to get people help early before there's a tragedy. Well, post-COVID, we've, uh, you know, the idea of mental health has come, you know, to the fore and, you know, Oxford and these things, these these are people who needed to get help. $12 million and they couldn't find that for something so important as mental health? Yeah, and, you know, the other ask that they had was uh, for $2 million for a navigator program for, for, for uh, kids who have serious emotional disturbance. Okay, here's the problem. We have... Uh, these parents, and they have a child with serious emotional disturbance. They are often very violent, and they are very, uh, you know, they're disturbed children, and they can't get through the bureaucracy. So the other thing that the uh, Mental Health Association of Michigan asked for was $2 million for a program to help parents get help for their children who are in serious need. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make an amendment whenever they bring the budget before our subcommittee that um, and in the House Appropriations Committee to have these added to the budget. 
Well, uh, there's the, one would think that at this point, especially post-Oxford, post-COVID, that the focus on mental health would be there. Yes, well, this is a small ask, in my opinion, given the enormous need that we have in our community and in our state. And it's hopefully they will uh, support it. So we've okay now to shift shift the gears here. I noticed that the uh, new majority repealed right to work. Uh, you know, okay. Now I guess we're going to go back to the 1970s uh, if we can rebuild that economy. All the better. Uh, maybe we can have uh, next. We can be the lumber state. You know, with uh, eco-friendly buggies pulled by horses. Uh, now the question is, you're on the higher ed subcommittee, uh, higher education. Uh, how is that going? A well, lot of money goes to higher ed. Yeah, a lot of money goes to higher ed for sure. And, uh, you know, the, it's the same kind of problem. The They have had reporting uh, requirements in the what they call the boilerplate, which is just the written language that attach, is attached to the numbers of the funding. They require reporting and accountability. And those things have been just wiped out of the governor's proposed budget. And so it's a very serious problem from my perspective. We're giving uh, <laughs> millions, billions of uh, taxpayer dollars to these uh, universities and colleges. There has to be reporting. And so again, we will bring amendments asking that there be <laughs> accountability for the uh, huge amounts of money that the taxpayers give for our universities and colleges. Well, weren't you on the board of a community college? Oh, sure. I mean, I was at OCC for 12 years. And believe me, we did everything in the open. We did all the, <laughs> you know, no question about it. But part of the problem is this. We need to have actual reporting to the state of what they're spending the money on. Because they're getting a lot of money from the state. Yes, they get a lot the oakland community college gets a lot from our county taxpayers uh through the county tax and they and through tuition as well well here's a this is just a little hand of bugaboo i've had is the disproportionate growth of administrators uh and managers versus professors and instructors uh both in position numbers and budget i know u of m is particularly bad but i can't imagine msu is much better or the other ones is that your taxpayer money isn't even going to teachers at the colleges. It's going to more and more and more and more administrative bloat. Uh, that might not be a I'm just 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 a thought. Uh, DEI too. That's they're building a ex real big extensive empire right now. Well, kids, our kids are getting priced out as the expense goes up, or they have these crippling debts, and meanwhile they're spending the money on uh, bureaucrats. Well, you're you're absolutely correct on that uh, score. I you know I saw the Wall Street Journal article where the U of M, I think, leads the country in having 150 uh, bureaucrats um, added. That doesn't, I mean, that's like $10 million, $10 million going to these uh, thought police uh, bureaucrats. And there's no benefit for the students. And there's no benefit for the students. It's not like you're getting your uh, reduced class size or better. You just have more administrators going around telling, you know, everything. That might be something to look at. But uh, what else are you working on? Any other bills? 
Uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of bills. We, you know, we we're working with the uh, county road commission. You know, roads are important. I they apparently are not a priority of the governor this year. It's not an election year, I guess. Uh, but they are extremely important, and we need to put more uh, attention on roads. And uh, we have a couple of uh, very important bills from the Road Commission to, to make it easier and more cost efficient for them to uh, improve and uh, maintain the roads. Uh, also, have a bill with uh, the Macomb County Public Works Director, Candace Miller, to, to, to deal with what they call flush. Uh, uh, disposable wipes they're they're flushed down toilets and they they're clogging up our system it's causing tens of millions of dollars in rate uh you know for ratepayers uh to clean out this junk so we have a bill working with uh with uh candace miller on that and you know other uh this school superintendents have asked for a sinking fund bill certainly very supportive of that well as far as the roads goes i mean i just off the top of my head, uh, you might want to think of a, a slogan called Fix the Damn Roads. I'm just before thinking about it. Uh, maybe that's that's taking a back seat now. That was last that was uh, that was that was last election's promise. Uh, so but, you know, transparency, good budgeting. You know how it's done. And that's good. Uh, do you ever deal with Chris Harkins, state budget director? Well, you know, he has come in and spoken to us, and certainly in our orientation sessions up there, uh, we we had a lot. Uh, he gave his presentation. I've looked through the governor's budget very thoroughly, and obviously, he was responsible for that. Uh, he's a good guy. He's a he he um, he started out basically working with us, so he's he's not a bad guy. Of course, he has to work for his boss. Um, now, one more thing. Uh, Chief Sergeant Dixon, don't ever mess with him. He's a good guy, but don't mess with him. Sergeant at Arms, they're the guys who are like the cops there. They are phenomenal, and they do a great job. Uh, I, I know this may come as a shock to you, Chuck, but they've done away with their traditional red suit coats and now are in black. What? Yep. They're now wearing red? Wow. And they wear black? Oh, man, because I know the, the house guys all wear red coats. Senate guys all wore blue coats, and the red guys and the blue guys couldn't cross the rotunda, so that if somebody was making trouble on the Senate side, the House guys couldn't come over, and they would. It was just you know like like the the Hatfields and the McCoys or the Capulets and you know the Montagues, uh, Jets and the Sharks, you know. So what now, man? Uh, that's you got you got to get them, put them back in the red coats. They look better that way. Uh, now I just have one piece of advice. And this was given to me by Bill Bullard, who was state rep and then state senator for years. He said, enjoy every minute. It's truly a remarkable thing you're part of, and it's over way too fast. So final words on what you're working on, what you what you want to kind of uh, sum it up? Well, thank you, Chuck. And again, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and to the residents out there. And certainly it is a huge, huge honor to, to represent our citizens up in the state uh, capital and hope, hopefully we'll be able to make some real progress on openness and transparency and mental health. When you first got there, what was the thing surprised you the most? You know, as I said, Chuck, I, I'm, I'm just amazingly shocked at the lack of transparency. 
amazingly shocked. I would never have guessed after 28 years of serving in local government that where we're dealing with billions of dollars, there's no openness, there's no transparency, and it's not right. Yeah, I know the, the thing that surprised me the most, my predecessor had left a plan in my office and I was expected to keep watering it. <laughs> Times have changed. All right. Well, let's keep fighting for openness, transparency. Just remember, it's you know, it's our money. It's not their money. Thank you for joining us, uh, State Representative Tom Kuhn, District Fifty Seven, and keep us uh, keep us apprised on that fight for transparency, accountability, and uh, those mental health issues. All right. Thank you very much. I'm Chuck Moss, and thank you all for joining us here on Ion Oakland.